It all came to my last chance in the giant slalom. I really slept terrible the night before this race. We woke up in the morning, 20 centimeters of fresh snow, and we were like, eh? how is this possible? The fog came in. Everybody was nervous. I really was on the start gate. I knew it's just one goal to win this medal. I just know I have to do everything the same like I always do. Welcome to Mindset Win, the podcast where we share extraordinary stories from incredible athletes and unlock the mental tactics they use. We also go a step beyond so you can actually implement those tools in your daily lives. My name is Cédric Dumont. I'm a professional base jumper. And back with me in the studio is my wingman, York Peter Kloppel. He's a sports psychologist. He's head of mental performance at the Red Bull Athlete Performance Center, the APC. Welcome back, York. Thank you for being with me here. Thank you for letting me be your wingman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Today we'll be hearing from alpine skier Marco Odermatt. He's an Olympic gold medalist and overall World Cup winner. York, you listened to the whole conversation. What was your main takeaway? There was so much in that interview, but what I want to talk to you about today is trusting your routines while still being flexible. So let's hear from Marco now, and then I'd love to ask you more about what you mean. We learned to walk, we learned how to ski in Switzerland. I had this dream as a kid, I already wrote it into the friendship books as a, a small boy. I wanted to become a ski racer. I can remember when I was at the age, maybe 14, 15, 16, I was never good at the important races. So at the junior Swiss championships, I've never won a gold medal because I always at the point where you really have to perform, I couldn't do it. It was a process with every situation you learn. With every race, you get more experience and you know what worked, what didn't work. Uh, you always have to adapt. Every slope is totally different from the hill, from the snow, from the course setting. I think it's always a challenge you're never done because every training day or every race is going to be different than the day before. Really, every day is, uh, is different. I really started with mental training when I was uh, yeah, still nearly a kid, I would say. I still work with the same mental coach till now. Uh, I think I really learned the basics the right way. And really sitting together with her, it's just uh, three, four times a year. But mental training is every day. In Adelboden, my home race, the first time I, I won it, I wanted to win it. The pressure was, yeah, it was the highest pressure of my life. I watched this race with my family. I was there as a small kid. Uh, my dad was working there in the military. I've been there with my mom. I was four or five years old. I never really dreamed about medals, gold medals, globes. It was never in my mind as a kid. This was always my dream. It was always Adelboden. Yeah, it was probably my biggest challenge this race as a big favorite in front of home crowd. I just had to really had to fight 
like there waited 20, 30,000 Swiss fans in the Finnish area. I walked through all the the people just with head down and because I didn't want to see one face cheering for me, I just wanted to be focusing on myself uh, just to stay calm. Uh, it didn't really work because I, I got on the chairlift to the start and I just started to cry. Uh, I never had this, but all the emotions, the pressure, I just couldn't hold it anymore. I could focus again after that and I was ready to race and I really won that race. It was the same at the second run. I started to cry again on the chairlift for the second run. It was the yeah, the best way to relieve this pressure, the emotions, to let them go. But on the top I knew it was very good. I also knew that I have a little bit advantage from the first run. But it still got very tight. I wanted to go all in. It was really close. When I crossed this finish line, uh, this was a very special moment. I think it's in every every sport, it's about the preparation. I really go all in at the training as well because my mind, my body have to train on that level that it can react the way I want in the race. I don't understand guys who yeah, train easier, maybe just ski with 90% and then they want to perform at the race on 100%. It wouldn't work for me, I guess. Uh, I really take the risk in training and like this, my body feel most comfortable. It can react the way I want. Uh, so if I do a mistake, it, yeah, I'm back on the line very quick again, so I don't lose that much time. If you really know what you want to do in each turn, every difficult passage on the course, your body already knows what he has to do. I would say I'm really not that guy who has uh, so many routines. I have the same routine, that more or less the 10 minutes before the start, but um, I don't train the same the day before. I don't eat always the same before. I'm really open-minded in that point. I, would, I also somehow like the challenge to try different things. I think this is very important that you're not too fixed in yourself. When I was a little bit younger, I started to... Um, the race preparation with music, with earpods in my head, and I quit with that because I was too much into myself. I wasn't open-minded maybe 20 minutes before the race, and I felt for myself this was too early to just be in my body. I wanted to stay relaxed, open for conversations, for emotions, for different things. My only routine is actually the maybe the 10 minutes before the start gate. I always do the same things before I start. I start with the warm-up. We can inspect the run and then I go it through my mind many, many times before I really start. I visualize the track. I really take all the time for the inspection, so I really have everything in my mind. I go through it over and over again. My brain already skied this run many times. So even if I do a mistake, it knows exactly what comes next. And I think this is an important part for me. I usually get into my bubble race mood, maybe three, four minutes before I really start. Just poor focus and yeah, some good memories, good thoughts, which are the most important things for me to 
to have in my mind. I mean, uh, Olympic Games is, I guess, for every sportsman, the most special event we have on the most important race of my career till now. It was in China, in Beijing. I uh, was really disappointed about the first week of the Olympic Games and then it all came to my last chance in the giant slalom where I was the big favorite and with the pressure not having a medal yet, it got uh, even more difficult. It was uh, strange, uh, everything felt a little bit different. It was supposed to be sunny all the time, cold but sunny, uh, they never get snow. We woke up in the morning, bad weather. 20 centimeters of fresh snow and we were like, huh? how is this possible? After the first run, I was already leading, which was good, but which is also uh, the most difficult setting for the final runs. And then it got delayed, delayed because of the bad weather, the fog came in. What you don't wish for yourself when you lead after first run in an Olympic race. I really slept terrible the night before this race, so I was so tired the whole day. So I really took a nap in between those two runs. I had the plan to not go to the start area that early because it was very cold. I don't like uh, when my ski boots get too cold, too hard. So I really stayed in the restaurant very long. And in Olympics, the other countries, the slower guys, they already told me, hey, you have to go to the start. Why are you still here? And I said, no, no, all good. Uh, I uh, take it easy today. In the starting area there, I was super calm somehow. It was th this dark, ugly weather and atmosphere. So everybody was nervous. And there it was already 4 p.m. So I really was on the start gate. I knew it's just one goal to win this medal. I didn't know that the conditions when I was at the start were so bad. So I just know I have to do everything the same like I always do. It was very difficult. You couldn't see the, the bumps. I don't really know how I, I managed this challenge, but uh, I had a, a bad feeling actually. Oh, that was too passive, not as aggressive I would like to ski. I thought, oh, this will be silver. Everything goes super fast. I really remember that I was thinking about this uh, second place and not the, the first one. I really had to push in the last, last split. I'm an athlete who is going all in. It nearly works all the time, so this is for me the best tactique. I put me, myself, my, my mind, my body into the race. It's the flow, and if you go with the flow, it's the best. I can't really say the, uh, how, it, how I came back into all-in mode. I skied like this, uh, all-in, took the risk, and luckily it uh, went well. I knew the the timetable from the World Cup and it looked a little bit different to the Olympic timetable. So I came into finish, I was looking around, where's the time, where's the time? And when I finally saw the number one and the green, green numbers, it was a mystical atmosphere with snow, dark weather, no fans who were cheering. It, it really was just you and yourself. It was strange, you don't see anything, no, no fans, it was just calm and there also when I got the medal on the podium it was 
somehow a little bit deeper than usual because yeah you just have it for yourself you don't have to show it to somebody else it was just yeah around your neck i hold it in my hand and it was a great feeling the relief and the emotions when i really won that gold medal was even bigger like that i guess in the end nothing is different if the sun is shining or not you still have to be the fastest from gate one to the finish line in every situation was different but i could perform in every different situation and i think this is also something that gives me a huge confidence because at this point of my career i know that i can perform or win so york what did you think about what marco said something that he kept repeating were the routines and really finding comfort and ways to still perform at the highest level through routines even in the most difficult and stressful situations so it was almost like he described them as anything can happen beforehand like for example taking a midday nap when he doesn't usually do that or the weather changing terribly anything can happen but then those last 10 minutes that he described of finding his routines to prepare for his races in those 10 minutes he always finds ways to unlock the right mindset and to to still then be able to show the best performance that he can on that day and he described that really nicely as well through visualizations because he uses that skill to almost already predict the things that could happen during the race then and and that yeah that gives him that flexibility to then uh, still have the, the best performance but the visualization is his anchor is his routine because he does it before every race it's a kind of a mental imagery absolutely where you program your brain it's not just an image it's so much more than that it's that's why i like to call it uh, mental simulation because it's really simulating all the senses it's not just the images but also the the feelings that you're going to have in your muscles the tension the sounds that you might hear in in some sports you might also experience the feeling of wind on your face and all of that comes into this mental simulation of the event that's about to happen so now we're back at that point in the podcast York, I'm going to ask you for a very simple and clear exercise for our listeners so they can apply this to their daily lives. Well, Cedric, it's quite difficult to formulate a clear exercise, but at least something for the listeners to think about would be to really find their own anchor. So on a good day, a normal day, what are the kind of routines that you go through to make sure that you can perform at your best that day? and then to really boil it down to the one thing in that routine that that is the strongest the the thing that really gets you ready for your day whether it's the coffee in the morning whether it's the little kiss goodbye to your partner or your kids or whatever it is um to really identify that one really strong aspect of your routine and then to use that the next time you face some adversity to really use that that strong cue that anchor to ground yourself again to put yourself back into your comfort zone to still be able to perform that day regardless of what has happened before so for example if i if i have to prepare for a job interview chances are i have to travel there and maybe the travel is really kind of exhausting and i maybe sleep badly but then skipping breakfast might you know be such a big change then that I feel uncomfortable and I don't feel myself in the job interview. So if I usually have cereal with yogurt for breakfast, 
I should still have that on the morning of the job interview, even if I'm not feeling very good after sleeping badly or something like that. It's sticking to the things that you know and also at the same time avoiding new behaviors that I've never done before. So if I usually don't drink a lot of coffee, then just because I've slept badly shouldn't mean that I then that morning drink three coffees or something because that's probably going to upset my whole system more than just sticking to what I know. Leading up to a, an important situation in our everyday lives, things can go wrong. There can be some adversity. That's completely fine. But then still trying to think of some anchors in your life that you can still keep the same. It's really finding the things that make you feel good and finding the things that help you to really achieve your best performance. Well, that's food for thought. And I'm going to try that out and I'll let you know next time if it worked. Yeah, please do. Please do join me. Try the exercise in your own time and drop us a line. We really want to know what works for you and what impact this podcast is having for you. So if you can leave a note in the comment box on Spotify, review on Apple, email podcast at redbull.com. But that's it for this time. York and I are back next week when our guest will be BMX rider Daniel Durs. But from us for now, goodbye. <laughs>